Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. And today I'm joined uh, by Jurgen Hahn from Bokila Filtration. Jurgen, how are you today? Yes, I'm, I'm pretty fine, actually, um, because I see still developments uh, in the company. And uh, I also look on the end of my career, be, having become 60 this year. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, well, exciting changes, exciting changes. So... You're going to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your education. Uh, right. I mean, I'm born here in the vicinity of Karlsruhe, so I'm, I'm and I, I'm still staying in that area, and our head office of Bokela is here. So basically, I grew up um, in a well in a small village. So we did uh, and uh, went went to school locally and made it to the University of Karlsruhe. So my, there was always an interest for chemistry and mathematics. So it was logic to become a process engineer. And um, well, being in Karlsruhe, I was uh, working at the Institute for Mechanical Engineering um, as a student just to pre to finance a part of my studies. Um, as my family was uh, not rich, we just had enough enough money to live here. Yeah. And then I got actually in contact with uh, with the two founders or two of the founders of Bokela. And so I worked already as a student for the company when it was founded in 86. Wow. And I did my diploma thesis, um, further developing our test rig and um, writing programs, how to use the test results um, to do filter sizing and layouts. And then it was a logic step for me after my studies to start with Bokela. And um, so we, I, I saw the company as an engineering company with uh, just six or seven employees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah talk, talk then, about being in the right place at the right time. That was uh, really, fortunate timing yeah yeah that's that's right i think that's quite typical for um mid-sized companies in germany there is quite a lot of spin-offs that make it what we call mittelstand which is company sizes between anything of between 20 and a thousand persons and uh, some actually say that uh, this well this Medium-sized companies is the backbone of the uh, German economy. Okay, okay. In the the middle-sized companies in general. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, what uh, the the founders of your company? What did they uh, start the company off being? Well, we they they were uh, all the three uh, did their um, phd at the university of karlsruhe and it was all about um, improvements in filtration so it was actually the time when uh, the patent for hyperbaric filtration was actually uh, developed 
at the university by uh, Werner Stahl at that time. Um, and uh, then that hyperbaric uh, filtration spread over the world. I think it started mainly in the coal industry uh, in uh, Europe. This is where the majority of uh, hyperbaric filters uh, are in operation. And then it spread basically all over the world with a, well, with a, the most of those are now running in, in China. Okay. Um, um, so define a hyperbaric filter for me. Um, the, the, the original patent was a combination of, or actually was actually putting a vacuum filter, mainly a disc filter at that time, into a pressurized compartment, having over pressurized air in that uh, in that vessel and okay. still using and still using a vacuum pump on the filtrate side okay so it did there's high pressure on one side and low pressure on the other side is that right yes correct oh, yes. Okay, okay. So, gotcha. so it was all about getting a maximum pressure difference to do filtration to reduce the moisture and it was about filtration of concentrates. It was about filtration of tailings. And then that technology moved into chemical applications and pharmaceutical applications as well. Hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. So in, in those days, they were probably pretty small production levels. Would, would that be right? For tailings, let's say. Um, tailings was not in the focus at that time. So as I as I said, the the uh, the, the major target was um, coal concentrates, because yeah. at at that time there was much most of the fine coals anything less than say one hundred or fifty micron was not was not able to put into a production uh, stream because the moisture was that high that it didn't meet the um, the client specifications. That require less than ten percent moisture. Okay. 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 So, okay. So, 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 where did the company go from there? How did it grow, and in what directions did it go? Yes, when we started in the late eighties, um, we were basically an engineering company, and uh, it was and um, and Andritz in Austria bought the patent from Werner Stahl for hyperbaric filtration. And so we did a lot of the testing. We did a lot of the basic design of the filter um, to, to do that hyperbaric filtration. So this is why there was quite some history uh, before the millennium change um, between Andritz and Bukila. Okay, okay. And what, what does your company do now? What, what is the specialty? The specialty that we do is um, a few things. One, one of those is um, steam pressure filtration. So we further developed that hyperbaric uh, filtration um, by a combination of compressed air and steam. So the steam actually, uh, for example, if we do coal filtration, a vacuum filter would do say 25% moisture. A high bar filter, which is the name now for hyperbaric filters, would do, let's say, something between 16 and 18% moisture. And steam pressure filtration would actually reduce the moisture to less than 10%. Okay. 
What's the secret behind the steam? Why does the steam help? Um, there is, there is um, three, um, three drivers um, with the steam. Uh, number one driver is um, there is with, with uh, steam and uh, water, there is uh, no surface tension effect as we have it with compressed air and water. So the, so it's easier for the steam to penetrate the cake. Mm -hmm. Then of course, when the steam penetrates the cake, it condenses in the cake instantly because of the temperature difference. So we get a, we get a condensate front um, with a very low viscosity compared to the rest of the filtrate. And that actually um, increases the drainage of that filtrate and also the drainage of the remaining um, water uh, in the filter cake. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so what, what kind of uh, production levels are you able to achieve? And it's still mostly in coal, is that right? Um, at the moment, we are most successful actually in purified telephthalic acid uh, filtration. Huh. And, the, and, and there we do um, filtration of, let's say, up to 100 tons uh, per hour solid throughput on not more than 12 to 15 square meter filtration area. 15 square meters, okay. But that's not our own speciality, uh, not, not our only speciality. Mm -hmm. um, we also do um, very specialized vacuum disc filters. And then we are in the area of tailings. Okay. Yep. Because in yep. tailings, it makes no sense to use hyperbaric filters because they are too energy intensive. Oh. And we can still do, I mean, tailing, there is two areas of tailing filtration. One is the mine backfill where tailings is mixed with cement and then pumped back into the uh, stopes of the underground mining and then solidifies there. And for that, you need not more than say 25, 24, 25% moisture. And this is perfect for vacuum filters. And uh, just recently we have actually developed uh, our XL350 uh, and this filter can, depending on the particle size, can perform anything between 200 to 1,000 tons per hour per unit. Wow, so that's getting pretty big. Yeah, yes. Oh, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. So you have uh, some world-class filter presses that you manufacture. Um, yes, um, it's it's actually well. It's we we manufacture all rotational filters, so we are not doing filter presses. That is, that would be a Sorry, yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in fact, we are competing against filter presses because uh, tailing filtration. The other area of tailing filtration is dry stacking on uh, on the tailing storage facilities, and they require a lower moisture. And then it's the question if, if you can, let's say, if you can live with moistures between, say, 15 to 25%, you can go with vacuum filters. But if you need less moisture, then you go with filter presses. But filter presses are three to four times higher in capex and three to four times higher in opex. 
So it's more energy intensive, it's more money intensive. I've seen uh, uh, vacuum filters on tailings that have worked beautifully. So I, I know that they they do have uh, applications. So that, do, do you have any of your large filter plants in operations for uh, dry stacking, as you say? No, not for dry stacking, unfortunately not. At that point, um, all our references are actually mine backfill. Yeah, yeah which is also this, very important, yeah. Yeah, but this is why we are pushing uh, with the filter size. Our biggest filter um, at uh, till last year had uh, 170 square meter. Now the new one has 350 square meter. So we basically doubled the size of the filter, just to get more attractive for dry stacking applications. Okay, so how many discs are in one of your plants? So the, um, the, the, the filters that are in operation now have a maximum of four discs, and now the new size has a maximum of six discs. Okay. Well, wow. and that has a, that has a good reason because uh, the tendency in the past was to add more and more discs. And I know filters on the market, they have up to fifteen discs. But this is not the way. I mean, the um, the the um, the research work at the University of Karlsruhe clearly showed: if you want to have more performance on a filter, you should actually increase the diameter of your discs and not adding more disks. This is the more efficient way. And this is what we did. So yeah. our disk filter, the, the, the ones that we use at the moment has a diameter of 5.6 meters. The new launch is uh, 6.4 meters. Mm. And so this is how we generate more filtration area and still yeah. keep the efficiency of the filter good. Yeah, yeah. So, so have you thought about using drums or belts as well, or is, do you think discs are the way to go? I mean, there is, of course, a couple of applications um, where drum and uh, belt filters make sense, in particular when you do uh, um, a cake wash. I mean, belt fillers are perfect for cake wash. Yeah, right, but if right. It, but if it comes to really mass products where no cake wash is required, then the disc filter is almost unbeatable because of its small footprint. We accommodate about three square meter of filtration area on one square meter of footprint. Yeah, and so <laughs> I, I could see where drums would take up a huge amount of room compared to your discs. Yeah, and the same with the belts. Yeah. I mean, I've seen filter buildings with three, four belt filters, each 150 square meter. And <laughs> this is a massive building. And you yeah. could place two disc fillers just in a corner of, of that building and doing exactly the same job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, what, uh, what developments are you working on that we'll be seeing sometime in the future? Uh, there is a, a special challenge on the tailings, and that has to do with um, with a very tight um, filter cake that does not allow airflow at at the vacuum yeah. level. Okay. And so, and so this is a special challenge for for those filters to remove the filtrate from the system, 
to allow for a good cake discharge. And we have just applied for a patent last year. Well, to deal with that um, and uh, to, to improve the performance events under these conditions and still run high filter speeds. Yeah. And that fits pretty well to other, other developments like the cloth, the, con, the cloth wash that we do while the filter is in full operation. So we don't have to stop our filters for cloth wash. Okay, okay. That's, uh, that's really very helpful, I would think for operators. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's also unique on disc filters. I mean, for on, on belt filters, it's quite normal because the belt comes off the, the filtration deck. So you can easily wash the cloth during operation, but it's unique on, on vacuum disc filters to do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jürgen, is there anything that I should have asked you that I haven't? <laughs> oh, a pretty good question. <laughs> Oh, well, there is nothing that uh, really pops immediately to my mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Jürgen, what is the name of your website if people want to find out more information? Yeah, it's very, very, very simple. Um, it's the www.bokila, which stands for botkernlangelobokila.com. So, okay, .com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jürgen, I really appreciate you spending some time with us and, and letting us know about the developments in your company. And I know it's uh, toward the end of your day, so I'll let you go. I won't uh, keep you any longer. But again, thanks for coming on with me today. Oh, maybe maybe one last word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because absolutely. We, we, we were talking about uh, vacuum filters and filters, but uh, we also have another speciality, which is our bow cross filter, that is a dynamic cross flow filtration with membranes or micro sieves um, for special applications to have an absolute particle free filtration. Oh, interesting, interesting. And, and what do you use? What's the primary use for that? Um, at the moment, the primary use is um, for catalyst recovery chemical applications. Oh, the reactors, okay. they contain catalysts in the value of a few million dollars per fill. And of course, this has to be um, replaced or well taken off the yeah. product and returned yeah. back to the, to the reactor. And this is where we yeah. sell the most of these machines to at the moment. Interesting. Okay. Then uh, with, with that, I, I think I'll let you go. And I really appreciate you coming on with me today. Yeah, and Brian, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> uh, thanks and uh, enjoy your evening. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, same to you, Brian. Yeah. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.